I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. San Francisco's District Attorney Chesa Boudin dropped a bombshell on Monday. He alleges that the San Francisco Police Department is using DNA evidence collected from rape victims to later identify them as suspects in unrelated crimes. It's a shocking revelation that raises all sorts of serious legal and ethical concerns around the privacy of rape victims. It's also the latest in the ongoing tension between Boudin and the SFPD. In recent weeks, both parties have traded barbs over an agreement that allowed the district attorney's office to lead investigations that looked into police shootings and use of force cases. Police Chief Bill Scott wanted to sever that agreement. And for now, he and Boudin have agreed to work through their rift. But this issue isn't about the drama between city officials. It's bringing the vulnerability and privacy of rape victims into sharp focus. Crime reporter Megan Cassidy broke the news for The Chronicle, and she joins me today to talk about it. She'll share what's at stake and what both SFPD and the DA's office are saying about these revelations, even as they don't see eye to eye on other issues in the city. Megan, thanks for joining me on Fifth Emission. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Megan, this is really explosive news about the handling of rape kit evidence by SFPD. Tell us more about what was shared in this announcement from District Attorney Chesa Boudin on Monday. How did all of this come to light? So this is just a really fast-moving story from what we understand. I think that the the DA's office, including DA Chesa Boudin, weren't aware of this until just last week. And what happened was there was a woman that was recently arrested for a property crime. Don't really know any other details than that. But what prosecutors have found out is that the reason that she was arrested for this property crime ties back to a rape kit that she had completed years ago as part of a, a completely separate case. So, you know, 10 whatever years ago, she completed a rape kit to identify the perpetrator. Her DNA was then also stored in a database. And then now it's being run against DNA that police find at crime scenes. And that's how they got a hit on this woman. So do we know how long this practice has been going on or how many sexual assault victims DNA have been used to prosecute them later? So yeah, like I said, this is a really fast moving story and a lot uh, just is unclear right now. We do know of at least one sexual assault victim's DNA, the, the woman I mentioned, that test kit was was used to identify her, her later. We don't know of any other ones yet, but from what the DA's office says is there are thousands and thousands of rape victims who have their DNA in this database that could potentially be used to identify them in later and unrelated crimes. Of course, this story is very concerning. We're thinking about the privacy rights of sexual assault victims. Do we know what policies are in place when victims provide their DNA to help prosecute their cases? Are they aware that their DNA could be used in this way? They're not, from what we can tell so far. I think that they they may be told that uh, this is going to be turned over to the police department or stored by the police department or local entities, but they are not explicitly told that the that this evidence could be used in, in this particular way. So Megan, let's take a step back for a moment, if you don't mind. Can you explain how crime data is collected and shared? You know, there have been some high-profile successes of cases being solved with DNA evidence, like with the Golden State Killer, but that used databases which collected DNA from convicted or accused criminals, not victims. This is why these allegations are really egregious, right? 
Right, right. And yeah, I mean, I, I think especially in recent years, uh, DNA evidence has has really become the linchpin in some of these, uh, as you said, high profile cases. Uh, but from from what we've heard, the experts that we've talked to so far, uh, nobody has heard of an instance in which uh, that we're describing today in which a rape victim's DNA has been used to uh, implicate them in a later crime. Um, from what people are saying, it's 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 a very disturbing allegation, um, mostly because rape victims are sometimes so unlikely to report their crimes in the first place. And this could just be another deterrent. So, Megan, of course, this is all super concerning because of the legal and ethical questions it raises. Do we know yet which constitutional protections SFPD may have violated with this practice? Yes, we you know, there's there's a possibility that the practice violates the Fourth Amendment, which uh, protects people's rights against unreasonable search and seizures. And so the the question here is, what kind of a scope are the victims of sexual assaults um, agreeing to when they complete these uh, medical exams? So while they may know that, like, yes, my uh, you know my DNA is going to be stored so we can differentiate that from the perpetrator, they are most likely in every case not consenting or even know that they would be consenting to use that evidence in any other way. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. So how has San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott responded to this news? Can we expect accountability from the department? Yes. So the uh, the short answer is, is they have not they've stopped short of acknowledging it. Chief Scott has said, you know, if this is a practice that we use, he's going to put an end to it. He said that there is still a possibility that this victim in question, the one that was arrested for a property crime, still a possibility that there was a DNA hit from a different uh, database. But in short, he said that this is a con- something that's concerning for him as well and that he is uh, vowing to put an end to it. So, Megan, the big elephant in the room, of course, is that this is all coming on the heels of a big public rift between San Francisco Police Chief Bill Scott and Chesa Boudin. Chief Scott wanted to end the agreement to make the DA's office the lead investigator for police use of force cases. And you've been covering that news for The Chronicle as well. How does this latest news about the rape kit evidence escalate that conflict, or, or does it? Um, so I, I think that that depends on how cynical you want to be. To The short answer, though, is, is they're not particularly related. Yes, it's both involving the DA's office and the San Francisco uh, Police Department, but the question here at hand with, with rape kits and uh, DNA evidence really ha- has nothing to do with their bigger disagreement, which is about uh, the the MOU that allows the DA's office to investigate use of force cases uh, with San Francisco Police Department. It, from what we see so far, it doesn't seem like this is going to necessarily escalate their dispute. Um, you know, so far, Chief Scott has said that he uh, shares the concerns of DA Boudin and has committed to uh, conducting their own review of it. So city law enforcement drama aside, can you also just remind us, we know that 
For years, there have been complaints about how SFPD has handled rape kit evidence. There were concerns in the past that rape kits were just sitting on police shelves untested. Is that right? That's true. And and that's definitely not a criticism just of uh, San Francisco Police Department. I, I think police departments around the country were, were doing the same thing. And so now it's, it's you know, it's a different concern kind of of a, of, a, of a new kind is like now that we do have these these kits and now that we are testing them what kind of responsibility do do we have to dispose of them in a month and two months and you know now that we have all this evidence what kind of privacy concerns do we have for the victim so the other discouraging part of this, of course, which you mentioned, is that this all could deter future sexual assault victims from coming forward. What will be the next steps? What what can we expect to see happen now? So we've already started to see some local and, and state leaders weigh in on this. Um, Supervisor Hillary Ronan has said that she has uh, reached out to the city attorney's office to see if she could draft a legislation that would that would ban this practice. And uh, state Senator Scott Weiner said that he's also uh, looking into state laws to see if it violates any law that's already on the book. And if it doesn't, that he would uh, consider proposing a legislation that would make it illegal. Well, Megan, this is such explosive news. I'm so glad you're covering it for The Chronicle. Thank you for speaking with me today. Thanks so much for having me. Megan Cassidy covers crime and criminal justice for The Chronicle. Her story about SFPD's handling of rape kit evidence is online now at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening.